This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. Holy Spirit, you're welcome in this place. We have such an expectancy of what you're going to do, Lord. Such an expectancy. Glory, glory, glory. Before I welcome you and we pray, I just want you to know something that the Spirit of the Lord is here and the heaviness in this place right now, it's permeating. You don't have to wait to get healed. You don't have to wait for our beloved Pastor Bob to step up and start teaching and preaching. You can reach out right now and just receive from God what he freely gives. It's a free gift. Free gift. It doesn't come with strings. You can't earn it. You are not so bad. And you certainly, we are not so good. It's a free gift. When somebody gives you a free gift that you know is good, what do you do? You don't say, well, you grab out and you, 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 you have an action. You grab a hold of it and you express excitement, express optimism about what is in that package that you don't know because it's wrapped up on the outside. But you know there's something good inside and before you ever even see what's there, you're expectant. That's how you receive your healing. It's not a hard thing. We make it hard because the enemy comes and says, uh, remember what you did? You were pretty bad. You know, I remember. And you confess and we, you know, we sometimes confess and repent and confess and repent. And I want to remind you, when you confess your sins, the Bible says that God is faithful and just to what? forgive, right? He forgives us our sins. Then where, how long does he remember that after that? He does not. Where does he remove it to? The sea of forgetfulness. And he says, as far as the east is from the west, he remembers it no more. So let me just ask you this question. If God, our almighty Father, our God, the great creator of heaven and earth, of you and me and all things, if he remembers that sin no more and it's been washed in the blood, what gives you the right to remember it? You know, I was reading, uh, when I was reading in the scriptures this morning, there was a... There is a little thing, and I'm reading a different version because I just like to get a little different flavor on some stuff. But he said that when we will separate ourselves from evil, and and there's a lot of things in there, but then he goes on to say this. He said, when you realize that a haughty look, a prideful attitude are the very things I hate. Does that not stop and give you pause? How can you be close to God and expect things from God when we tolerate things in our life that he says, 
I'm telling you, I don't like it. I want to bless you. I'm going to give everything to you that Jesus paid for at the cross, but you won't. So today, I just encourage you, everything, every bit of baggage you came in, as the team and I were praying earlier, I said, okay, let's take everything, everything from this week, from this day, from last week, from the last year, from the last two years, let's take it all. Everything that you came in here with, let's take it all and let's give it to Jesus. And as we were talking, I saw Jesus motion to the angel. That angel picked up the bundle and carried it away. Every yoke of bondage is destroyed because of the anointing. Isn't God a good God? He loves you, he loves you, and he loves you. Well, I want to welcome here to Church of the Harvest. We're so delighted that you're here. Uh, we, we know that we know that we know you came to hear and be healed, and you will not leave disappointed. So you can leave every sickness, every disease here. Jesus will take care of it. It won't be a problem. And you can leave free, and you don't have to wait for preaching to start. You can just grab out and receive what belongs to you. And I... I I feel like I'm going to introduce you right now, even though um, I, I, I just have anticipating there's going to be so much anointing flowing in the ministry. So I don't want to interrupt after praise and worship, but I want to introduce Pastor Bob. We, most of you know, some of you do not, but he's a founding uh, pastor here at um, Church of the Harvest. And Rob and Shauna um, have taken over the baton and such excellence uh, both in the beginning now and boy in the future our future is bright but pastor bob is going to minister tonight awesome anointed man of god and the gifts of healing flow through the team through him but the words of god will set you free and he hears from god and he knows how to deliver to you that which you need because he's so hooked up so all right, let's go before the Lord and just pray. Father, we're thankful today. Holy Spirit, I just want to say that you are free to do whatever you want in this place because we're yielded vessels to you. We thank you and we praise you. We're expecting for you to do miraculous things today in our midst. Father, some have come just to see what goes on. Others have come with a heart that they know that they know that something has to change for them tonight. So tonight, I speak to those chains of bondage, and I demand in Jesus' name right now that you be broken. Father, ears to hear and eyes to see the Word of God, the living Word of God to pierce our hearts and bring us into a revelation of healing that we can receive everything that you bought and paid for at the cross, Jesus. Father, we are yielded vessels and we thank you and praise you and give you the glory and the honor tonight. In Jesus' name, will you join us in worship?
Pray. 
slain. Worthy is his name. Worthy is your name. Let's love on the Lord for a moment. You deserve all praise. He's worthy. shut our eyes for a moment know who this is for but no one looking around but you you feel the Lord tugging on your heart that you need to just repent and come back to him 
like you used to be. And the Lord's arms are open wide. He welcomes you back. He's wanting you back. He's longing for you to come back. He's saying, yes, come. Yes, come. So I want you to tell the Lord, I repent. You were kind of going the way of the world. You were being squeezed and conformed. But we're not to be conformist. We're to be transformed. And the Lord's tugging on your heart and he's hearing your prayer right now inside that you're saying, I'm coming home. No more running away. No more doing my own thing. And just thank him for forgiving you. He's so gracious. He's so kind. He's so good. There's no condemnation. He forgets. Like we heard earlier, it's thrown into the sea of forgetfulness. He remembers it no more. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We praise you. We thank you, Lord, that we can come to you and receive that forgiveness, that cleansing for our soul. Now, I thank you for refreshing being released, Lord. Refreshing, refreshing. The refreshing peace of the Lord being released to each of us. Somebody's uh, hurt their wrist and their hand, you know, just start moving that hand and that wrist around. The Lord is touching that right now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Diabetes, we come against diabetes in the name of Jesus. We rebuke it. It has no authority in your life, in your body, in the name of Jesus. We command it to be underfoot now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It's, uh, uh, elbow, uh, elbow and a, uh, a shoulder, neck that you just perceive. Just stand up and just kind of move around your shoulder and your arm. Whose, whose hand was that that God touched and wrist? Who is that? It's okay. It's okay. I know who he is. So. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That you hit your elbow and you've jammed your shoulder and your neck's hurting. You can check it out right now. It's leaving. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Tumors go in Jesus' name disappear 
disappear in the name of Jesus. Every lump and bump tumor be gone in Jesus' name. You can check yourself later, but just make sure you give the good report. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Worthy as the lamb that was slain. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Who's in pain in this place? Anyone in pain? Just stand up if you're in pain. Where are, you, where are you in pain at, Ed? Okay. John? Back? Rich? Thank you. <laughs> healing team, get around them rich real quick. We're just going to release healing to them. We speak this to the mountain so we're going to be commanding the pain to go in Jesus name pain leave them now in Jesus name it's knees and feet in the name of Jesus shoulder every place Lord we command the pain to go now and healing to be released to them healing power released in Jesus name all pain go all pain go in Jesus name in Jesus name all pain go all pain go in Jesus name Jesus name Jesus name Jesus name Jesus name thank you Lord thank you Lord thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Jesus Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory. Okay, check yourself out. Any change, Ed? We'll take a little. If you've got a little, it's God's healing power working. And we believe that he will perfect and will complete what he has started in your body. In Jesus' name. Rich, you sitting better? <laughs> good, good. I'm still working with Sean back there. But we have... Amen. Amen. We command all pain. If you got pain anywhere, we command it to go in Jesus' name. Jesus bore it for us. We have some testimonies that uh, we want some people to share. Joe, you want to share anything before we do that? And uh, first we're going to have uh, Sue Ann Higginbotham come on up. Let's give her a hand. Hi, I'm Sue Ann. 
Um, back in November, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. And um, the moment that I was diagnosed, I felt Jesus' presence in the room. And he said to me, I'm with you. That kept coming up over and over and over again. Um, while I know for sure, 100%, he desired to heal me instantly at that moment, um, my healing didn't come instantly. I walked a road. But the second thing I heard him say after um, with you was forgive. So he's, through this process, he's, um, as I've opened up my heart, he's gone into all the little you know, the little dark crevices that you, that you kind of keep away from them and cleared out a whole lot of things for me <laughs> so that forgiving is super easy um, now. And the healing came. I'm cancer-free, um, which is awesome. <laughs> um, there's still follow-up treatment, and as I'm going through that treatment, you know, following some doctor's orders that I have peace. There are things I say, mm, don't have peace about that and don't do, but... Um, uh, last week, in the middle of treatment, I'm going through radiation right now, um, the doctor told me I was doing too much. I needed to go to half days. And so, got the doctor's note, um, everything, let my employer know what was going on, and um, they fired me um, instead. So, um, which pastor reminds me, the enemy doesn't let up, right? He doesn't let up. But um, <laughs> within hours, um, I had a new job. So the place I left before um, <laughs> um, had been trying to get me back. I, not only are they having me back, but I will go back as though I never left with all my vacation, all my sick time, everything um, in place, uh, and most likely up more money. Um, we're working out the details because they are so supportive and care so much. They want me to get through my treatment um, before I go back to work. <laughs> so that's that's... You know, that was my walk, right? So then I'm going to very quickly just give you another short testimony. Um, so Wednesday, my son was hurting. He was hurting in both his leg and his hip. And he normally puts my grandson, he'll be five next week, to bed. Reads him a book, puts him to bed, says prayers, right? So he was really not feeling well that night. So he read a book on the couch instead. And my son went upstairs, my grandson went upstairs to go to bed. He told him why. He told me my back's hurting, my daddy's hips hurting. And so he came back downstairs a few minutes later, and he said, Daddy, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to ask God to make your leg and your hip feel better. And so my son was, son was oh, you know, that's really sweet. That's, that's nice, you know. And just to figure, he's five right next week. <laughs> the attention span of a five-year-old, he's going to go upstairs, and totally that's the end of it. Well, my grandson comes home yesterday after school and goes straight to his daddy, gives him a hug and said, Daddy, um, how are your leg and your hip? Well, he had gotten up the next morning and the pain had left him. So he told, he told my grandson, he said, son, it's gone. He said, I thought that would work. <laughs> Gloria, so a couple of things she said, celebrate every olive leaf, every little thing that you see, just like Pastor said earlier, do you have any, is there any difference? He said, well, a little. Well, a little is God at work. So start thanking God. You're working, you're working, you're working, you're working. You have to understand the enemy's losing territory. He doesn't, he doesn't do it without a fight. Get on God's side, stay on God's side. Second thing she talked about, forgiveness. Forgiveness is a choice. It's not a feeling. Even those feelings come with it. It's a choice. When you forgive, God says he can forgive you. But if you refuse, then what you have done is given the enemy legal rights to you. So when you release forgiveness and receive forgiveness, don't forget to forgive yourself. You give God an opportunity to 
pierce through the darkness, excel, and do what he wants to do for you. Who's next? And, you know, if we take some medicine and we start getting some relief, we'll say the medicine is working. So how do we take medicine, Pastor Bob? I take it by mouth. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's help. You put the medicine in your hand, right? What do you do with it next? Oh, you tell it what it's going to do. Oh. Now you listen up. You have ears to hear what I say, because all creation has ears. And I am talking to you, and you will do exactly what you were designed to do, and you will have no side effects in my body. I will not permit it in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for what you designed to work in me, and I receive it by faith. And then you can put it in your mouth. <laughs> Glory, who's next? Pam Cavanaugh is going to come now. Give Pam a hand. If you know me, you know it's a little silly. But before the silly, uh, 19 years ago, I was healed through, I mean, the Lord healed me, but he took me through chemo for ovarian cancer. At that time, only 3% of the people that were diagnosed with ovarian cancer lived. So, I'm a three percenter. <clears throat> um, two weeks ago, I uh, went out to lunch with the Fabulous Four, and uh, that is Joanne and Lynn and Joe Garner. And um, I wasn't feeling well at all, and uh, Joanne decided, well, no, the Lord decided that they were going to pray for me for two weeks. Every day, they were going to pray, and they were going to cover, they were going to pray, plead the, um, yeah, but the other, the armor of God, the full armor of God. Okay. Well, boy, did I need that because when they started praying, let's see, what all happened? I um, was walking in the woods, which I don't walk, but I was walking in the woods. Hmm, they must have been praying for energy. I was walking in the woods, and some vines grabbed my feet and um, gave me a really pretty good jolt. I didn't fall that time. And um, <laughs> um, so we had to, had to leave pretty quickly. I mean, I had to, I had to sit down pretty quickly. Um, I put my phone in a really odd place on Joanne's car um, where the windshield wiper was. There was no reason for that. I could have just thrown it in the open door on the seat. But no, I put it in the windshield wiper place. And um, it got run over by at least two 18-wheelers. <laughs> um, it was one of those pro phones, you know, that's big, a bigger one. And when we found it, and by the way, that app really works, where's my phone? Because it really <laughs> did show that it was on Highway 64. And, uh, yeah. and uh, it was about that wide and about that long. 
and about an eighth of an inch high. <laughs> so I had to buy a new phone. Um, let's see, what else did, was happening? Oh, I um, went for a, another walk in the woods, the same woods, um, not going back there again, thank you very much, and fell in the mud. Now, there was a guy with me, and he thought I had a bloody nose. And I told him, no, it's not a bloody nose, it's a muddy nose. And thank the Lord, I did not get the bloody nose. I did, I rattled my teeth some, and so I fell. What else? Let me speed up a little bit. So she had five very interesting plus things happen. And uh, just to give you an idea, that cell phone did not look like a cell phone. When we were driving, I spotted in the middle of the highway and I brought it in the car, stopped, ran across the road, brought it in the car. She says, that's not it. <laughs> so we walked for two hours on the side of the road where it said it was supposed to be and a young man helped us. But she had five things happen and she said to us, she said, I want to thank you all for praying for me. <laughs> now she's going to tell you what happened after that. Okay. Well, I am not 100%, but I am so much better than I was. And uh, I have energy. I have energy. And um, um, I can think. And I have gotten... My studio almost completely organized, and that is a deal. That is a deal. So that's it. Amen. So the moral of the story is do not give up. Keep on persisting. The enemy has a job, and he comes not except to steal, to kill, and destroy. And, you know, through that testimony, we think, well, yeah, I have to go through this, and I have to go through that. But I want to remind you, she could have quit anytime she wanted. And how she is today in the amount of energy she has today versus what she had two and a half, three weeks ago and for several years previous, there is no comparison, none whatsoever. She is on the road to total complete restoration and there's more to the story but it's kind of personal in some areas and but god is at work amen thank you lord what else we got hallelujah eddie thieves gonna come Let's give eddie a hand so i just want y'all to know my name is eddie thief <laughs> But um, while I was sitting over there, like, the enemy really didn't want me to give my testimony because my throat started getting dry. Uh, I felt like I was choking over there, and I'd just been sitting over there praying. But I'm going to make this story a little short for my brother-in-law. He's not here. But um, so we all, as women, know that we have to have lady checkups, you know, once a year. Some, some people, some doctors prefer you have it every two years, some every three years. So I went to my gynecologist to have my yearly checkup, and I was told that I had um, uterine fibroids. I'm, I'm pretty sure that most of the ladies are familiar with that, the men maybe not so much. but So they told me that the fibroids, what fibroids are, most of the time they're not cancerous, but they can cause issues with women's, you know, 
women's health. So they told me that the fibroids were so big off the ultrasound that they were taking up my entire uterus except for about that much. And a uterus is about the size of a fist. Everybody has one maybe a little bit different size, but usually it's the size of your fist. So I was like, so what's going to happen? And they said, well, you've got a couple of options, but yours is so bad, you probably need a hysterectomy, so we're going to refer you to a surgeon. I was like, uh, okay, I just came for a checkup. So um, also the last few months I had been struggling with kidney stones. So I was already seeing a urologist. And so I had to have a kidney stone procedure, so he did his own imaging as well, like CT scans, ultrasounds, and he saw the same thing as this gynecologist did. And his report almost matched hers, even though they're not the same entity. You know, they're different, totally different um, doctor's offices. So he's like, well, I agree with what your gynecologist said, so I feel like I'm going to... We have a lady here in our, in our, um, firm, in our office that's a urogynecologist, so I'm going to refer you to my partner, and she can do this type of surgery, blah, 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 to make it easier than the old-fashioned one. I was like, okay. So during this time that I was getting all this bad news with our church here, those of you who don't know, aren't familiar with our church, we do 21 days of prayer and fasting. So I was so excited about this fasting this year for this time more than I've ever been for any other fasting. I'm just like, you know, the Lord's just telling me something awesome is going to happen. But all I kept getting is bad news the whole 21 days. And I'm like, wow, God, like, I'm, you know, what am I doing wrong? So I, I continued to pray and fast and write my journal. And usually we celebrate after our 21 days of fast with a night of worship. We all come together and we praise the Lord and thank, give God thanks. So I was kind of upset about the surgery, I'm not going to lie. But I prayed and I, kept, and I was actually sitting down trying to figure out my finances. I'm like, okay, so if I have to take off for this many weeks, what can I push or what can, what can I do to you know, fix my finances where it's not going to put us in a hole? So as I was sitting down writing, I was at work one day, and we weren't busy, and I was writing, and I had done made a whole plan out. And I just heard something say, or somebody say, like really loud in my ear, put your pen down. I looked around. <laughs> I put my pen down. And I was like, okay. So I just kind of left it alone, went to lunch, come back, started doing it again. And then I felt in my spirit God say, um, put your pen down. Why are you planning for this? You're not going to have to have a surgery. So I'm like, okay, that's just my self-conscious mind talking. Okay. So I still made out my little financial plan. I, I called my sister-in-law back there, um, and she said, oh, my gosh. She said, don't even worry about it. She, on the day that I got the diagnosis, she said, you're, I, just, I just feel like you're going to be healed the night of worship. I'm like, that's, that's a really good gesture. That's my sister-in-law. She loves me. Thank you. Praise Jesus. But, you know, sometimes your family tells you what you want to hear. So then a friend of mine texts me the same day, the same night, and they really don't know each other. And she said, how's your report? Because we pray for each other. And so I was like, well, this was my report today. She's like, you know what? I just believe, I'm believing and standing on God's word that we got that night of worship coming up. You're going to be healed. I'm like... Oh, that was confirmation. That must have been God speaking through my sister-in-law. So make a long story short, I know I'm taking up all the minutes here. I go, I have an appointment with the surgeon. It was my post-op visit. They were fixing to set me up for surgery. She is my first time seeing her. So she comes in the room. She sends her, her ultrasound tech in there. They do an ultrasound, go back out, come back in. We need to do a different kind of ultrasound. Okay, 
sitting there, come back in, go out. Then my gynecologist comes back in the room after several different types of uncomfortable exams, and she's like, can we talk? I'm sitting here thinking like, oh, God, what's next? <laughs> there was my faith. And so she said, either I'm crazy, my partner here in the firm is crazy, or your gynecologist is crazy. One of us are crazy. And I was like, why? She said, I don't see any. You do have two very small fibroids. She said, I got your images from your gynecologist. I went down the hall. That's why we keep going in and out. I looked at your, I said, pull up your CT um, scan, Dr. Granary. Pull up your ultrasound scan. We compared them. He said, is this the right person? And she said, yeah, she's here. We just did this ultrasound. This is the right person. That's why we went in to do it again. And he's like, Okay, and so she comes back in. She's like, you do have two uterine fibroids. You don't need no surgery. They're so small. They're almost the size of a dime, maybe a nickel, but a dime. She said, they look nothing like they did on these reports. You need to pay your $50 copay because you're not having a surgery. <laughs> okay, look what happened in all three. They walked out. They got bad reports all the way through. Bad reports, bad reports. The thief comes not but to steal, kill, and destroy. God comes that you have life and have it abundantly. Not sure what you're going through today, but whose report do you believe? Whose report are you choosing? And are you mentally ascending? Or do you believe in your knower that God actually sent his word and he healed you? You have more? Okay, Pastor Bob wants me to share a little testimony about my mother. My mother doesn't go to church, and I love her very much, but as we know, she's one of those people that um, she just believes in God from home. She doesn't go to church. She was just raised that way. I don't blame her, but it's okay. So my mom got sick a few years ago, and she got rectocolo cancer, and she had to have chemotherapy and radiation treatments. Well, Pastor Bob was ministering to her, and he sent a team, Miss Terry and Mr. Jack there, down to my mom's house to lead her to the Lord, lead her through the salvation prayer, let her know that, you know, that her healing was a free gift. And um, she began to listen to these CDs. My mom's really old-fashioned, so she still has a flip phone. She knows nothing about technology. So we had to get her a CD player, and Pastor Bob sent her some CDs. So I told her, he told her, and then he told me, make sure you tell her to listen to them every day, over and over and over. Even if she falls asleep listening to them, continue to listen to them, because even though her, her self-consciousness is asleep, her ear is still hearing the word. So he gave her some other little books and, and stuff about healing scriptures, and she did that. And my mama's still cancer-free, and it's been four years ago. Oh, yeah, that was stage four. Thank you all for sharing. Must be short. Have short? I don't know. It's working now. Okay, I don't know. <laughs> Testimonies. If God did it for them, He'll do it for you. 
I was uh, healed of prostate cancer. And I'll save that testimony for another time. But um, I'll just say that they uh, were pushing for surgery like crazy. And um, I didn't have peace about it. Went to a different doctor. And this doctor was a believer. And um, I asked him, I didn't tell him anything. I just asked him to uh, retest me and everything. He, he looked at me and um, he said, you're good. I said, uh, told him what they had found. They'd done a biopsy and all this. And they, uh, he said, well, there's no way you got cancer now. And that was how many years ago? Uh, many years ago. But my other doctor did send a uh, certified mail piece to, to Ellen, Ellen Kay, who, if I'd known, I would have intercepted the, the mail person. But anyway, she got that. And then, uh, anyway, she uh, trusted that I'd heard from the Lord, and we walked through it together. And um, God's a healer. And... And his power's not been shortened. He's still the same today. And uh, I want to speak to you just for a few moments about uh, healing being yours today. But I want to answer a question. And I think we know the answer, but it helps us we, if we understand this, this question. And that's where sickness comes from. Where sickness comes from, we're talking about what God did about it. And once you get this understanding about how sickness came in the earth, and you see what God did, you can actually get some righteous indignation against uh, an attack on your body. And that's the way I kind of got really about uh, the prostate cancer. When I went to see this other doctor, I was so full of the word. I was, uh, had Charles Capp's book. Uh, his confession book, if anybody's familiar with that, a confession book on healing. And I just, I did it every day, sometimes three times a day. I'd take my capsules. He would say, his name was Charles Caps. Never mind. He'd say capsules. Uh, I liked him. Anyway, he's a country farmer in Arkansas. And uh, who actually uh, went to be home with me, be with the Lord uh, and was not sick. He just uh, said, uh, I'm going on this such and such date. He had all his friends from uh, around the world and stuff that came and visited him and spent time with him. And they said, why are you going home? He said, I just want to go home. And that was it. On that day, he actually passed and went home. So you don't have to be sick and leave. Well, isn't that thrilling? Okay. So where did sickness come from? In Romans chapter 5, verse 12, it says, Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men because all sin. The one man here that sin entered the world is Adam. Adam sinned, and through that sin, death entered the world. The world knows it said that it this death through sin spread to all men, to all mankind. 
because all have sinned. All were born after Adam, and therefore we were all in the state of being dead. We all had sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now, of course, if you're a, a baby, we know that there, there's a period of innocence until they have an understanding of the truth, and God takes them. If they die, they go straight to be with him. But uh, the rest of us have to make, come to a place of decision whether we will accept the Lord and his, his grace and his remedy for this situation. Notice here that it was his sin or his disobedience or you could say independence of God that caused the sin to enter the world. And through sin, death came. Now, death in the Bible has different um, meanings. And I've got here uh, on the screen, death is the opposite of life. It never means non-existent in scriptures. Every single person that has birth will be will live eternally, either spiritually alive or spiritually dead. Every single person. But death includes the full spectrum of loss, heartache, depression, fear, corruption, calamity, destruction. It repre it's representing every condition that is exalting mankind that is the opposite of God's abundant life. That is death. Now the Bible says that when Adam ate and he disobeyed, when he ate, God said, when you eat, you shall surely die. And I submit to you that he died that day as soon as he ate. But he was still alive physically, right? He was still alive on this earth because he experienced spiritual death or separation from God. He was still living, but there was something else on the inside of him. He was infected by sin and death. Sin and death was now operating in him, and he had lost control. It was controlling him. Adam had bowed his knee to Satan. He had allowed death to enter his life. He allowed the curse of sin and death to operate in his life, and therefore through everyone that followed after him. Think about the inviting death into your life. Death came uh, spiritually instantly, but eventually physical death followed. It took a while, but it did happen. This death spread to all mankind. And it's interesting when you say it out, the scripture says that Adam was not deceived, but Eve was deceived. You know, we think that Adam was off somewhere naming bugs or something in the garden. And Eve was over here talking to a serpent. But the scripture says that Adam was right there with Eve listening to the serpent. And it, it says, the scripture says that Adam knew what he was doing. Eve didn't. She was deceived. Whose fault was this? First of all, Adam had already sinned because he was to guard the garden and let no intruders in that place. So he had already sinned. I believe there was still a place of 
some repentance probably at that point. I don't know. But when he submitted to the enemy, death entered in and there came the enemy. Romans 6.23, we know this verse, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Without sin, there's no wages of death. There is no paycheck of death if there is no sin. Now, even believers can, there's different degrees of death. You can go contrary to the word of God and make decisions that are opposite of the word and death can be working in a situation. We heard um, a message about being spiritually minded produces what? Peace and life. But if you're worldly minded or carnally minded, it produces death. Death is operating and working in a person's lives. In Romans 6.23 from the message, I like this. It said, work hard for sin your whole life and your pension is death. Isn't that wonderful? No go watch death. Sin in the human race is the root of sickness. Without sin, there's no sickness or death. There was no sickness till Adam sinned. The source of sickness in the earth is Adam's sin. It brought sin and death into the earth. You remember that Adam walked with God? It said he would walk with him every day. He never said, hey God, I can't make it today. I've got a, a cold or I, I just named it. It's called a cold. No, he never did that because it didn't exist. It, it, it wasn't around. It didn't happen until sin entered the earth and death followed sin. The result of sin is death. So sickness, you could say, is the fruit of sin. Sickness is the fruit of sin. Sickness is a consequence of death released into humanity by Adam. That's where sickness actually came from. Sickness comes to bring death. The common cold would kill you if it could. And some people it has killed if they have a compromised immune system. Sickness is out to bring premature death. It's, it's the working uh, of death in our lives, really. Sickness, when we look in Scripture, is a curse. It's never a blessing. You ever heard someone say, I'm blessed, I'm, I'm sick, God is teaching me something through this. Well, I tell you, a lot better way to learn something. Just open the Word of God. Just listen to the Holy Spirit. That's a lot better way to learn. The things I've learned when I was sick is I don't want to be sick. If sickness is, think about this, the fruit of sin, then the root of sin must be dealt with. If sickness is the fruit you must deal with the root to stop the fruit. 
the root of sin that's destroyed, then the fruit of sickness loses its power and authority. If someone would just take care of the root of sin, then we could have power over sickness and disease. Well, we see in the prophecy Isaiah in chapter 53, verse 4, it said, Surely he has borne our griefs. And you see, I put diseases to, to the side of it. And that's the actual Hebrew word there for griefs. It's diseases. And carried our sorrows. And the Hebrew word there is pains. And this is prophetically speaking about Jesus. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded. And that word is pierced for our transgressions. He was bruised or crushed for our iniquities. Chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes or wounds, in the Hebrew, we are healed. This is, is plain to see, but a good question comes up. Well, this is talking about spiritual healing. How many have ever heard that? It, this is spiritual healing. It's not physical healing. Well, there's a problem with that because when you look down in Matthew chapter 8, where Matthew is quoting Isaiah, it says, when evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed and cast out the spirits with the word, healed all who were sick that might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. There is no doubt that this pertains to physical healing. And we see it in the ministry of Jesus. He healed the suffering, uh, those that were suffering physically. He forgave sin. And he healed bodies. And he declared that the kingdom of God has come. This is the will of the Father. This is the will of God. That your sins be forgiven and that you be healed and healthy and whole. He was demonstrating God's will, his love, and his kingdom in the earth, in his earthly ministry. Jesus is the expressed image of the Father. People say, I want to see the Father. Look at Jesus. So I've got this um, in the notes here. Jesus bore our sins upon himself, and Jesus bore the consequences or the fruit of sin, which is sickness and disease. We see from this, Isaiah looking at Jesus on the cross, he took care of sins for our iniquities, and he took care of physical healing for our bodies. Actually, he took care of the soul too, because chastisement of our peace was upon him. Where's peace? Your mind, your emotions, your imagination. God has a healing for your, our minds also. Isaiah 53.10 said, Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him, and he has put him to grief. Then I, I looked up in the Hebrew, it says, Yet it pleased the Lord to crush him. 
He has made him weak, sick, and diseased. Now, are you starting to get the picture if God put the punishment on Jesus that I deserved and he made Jesus weak, diseased, sick with the sickness that I might be fighting or coming against, that I want everything that Jesus paid for. I want to honor him by humbling myself, say, I want everything that you bought and paid for in my life. Well, Pastor Bob, such and such died. Well, did they go to heaven? Yes. Well, thank you, Jesus. They're doing just fine. They received the healing. Why weren't they healed in the earth? I don't know. You'll find that when you get to heaven. The main thing is they went to heaven. None of us are perfect. I believe we all have places it's harder for us to receive. Okay, just because I'm preaching good, don't shout me down. Do a little Kenneth Hagin here. Jesus took upon himself whatever you're dealing with in his body or whatever you're dealing with in your soul. He took all the sickness of mankind upon himself. Now you're talking about sick. Can you imagine the pain and the agony when he took all sickness? When you look at the curse in Deuteronomy and you see that Jesus became that curse for us and he took every sickness, every disease, he took insanity, he took a emotional turmoil. He took it all for all of mankind, every aspect. In Deuteronomy, it says, and everything that's not listed. He took it. We're talking about a, a suffering. No wonder they, those that looked upon him said he does not even look like a man anymore. And the beating and everything he, he went through. But he became sick. And he became sin for us. Why did he do it? Why did he himself become sin? Why did he carry the fruit of, of, of sin in himself? Because of love. Because he wanted us free. It's just like you as parents. You have a child. What would you do? Anything for that child. Lay your life down the moment. Well, God the Father is the best father and the best parent that there is. And he loves us with an everlasting, unconditional, eternal love that's un unwavering. And he wants us healed. He wants us healthy. He wants us whole. In Romans 8, 2, it says, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. This is one of the most powerful verses, one of my favorite verses. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. See, the Adam released a law in the earth, the law of sin and death. And there was no way out. We were infected. We, we had no way of getting out from under this law. But there's a higher law, the law of of the spirit in Christ Jesus. Sin and death is a law. But there is a way out from under that law. All have come short of the glory of God.
The law of sin and death, you could say, is independence from God. That brings darkness, poverty, sickness, death, corruption, calamity, death, the, the curse. But there is one who is called the second Adam, Jesus Christ, the righteous one, the second Adam. And those that are born of the second Adam get new life. And they are under a different law, the law of the Spirit in Christ. What is the law of the Spirit in Christ? I'll tell you, the new creation man and woman of God. That is the law. I would hear people teach about this. I'd go, what is the law? I'd want to know, what is this law? And they'd be teaching around it, you know what? God has done and what is the law? And then it dawned. It's the new creation man. I'm not under that law. I can walk free by faith that the kingdom of God is on the inside of me. And I'm no longer have to have death operating on the inside of me. I now can choose. I now have a choice. Jesus, the righteous, has made me righteous. When he died, I died. The righteous died for the unrighteous that I could be made righteous. Jesus never sinned in this earth. How do you know that? Well, the Bible says so. Well, it's more than that. He was raised from the dead. That's the reason I know he never sinned. Because if he had sinned, he had never been raised up by the Father. It had been illegal. It had to be a spotless, sinless lamb. And he took our sin by faith. He became our sin. And when he became sin, sickness was a result. He got the fruit and what happened the third day? The devil is having a heyday, having a great time. You think they got him? And there comes a voice from God, the Father, said, release him, let him go. The price is paid. He's held illegal, and I'll not stand for it. And the Holy Spirit of God, it says that he was raised by the glory of God. You look it up, it said the Holy Spirit raised up Jesus Christ from the lowest low in the universe and shot him up to the highest place in the universe at the right hand of God the Father, seated at the right hand of the Father. And the devil has been insane ever since. He was insane from, it's worse. And it got worse. Because I'm sure he's yelling, stop him. Don't let him away from this place. And they couldn't hold him. And he, he goes. And then he hears, what? What's going on? The veil in the temple. It's torn in two. What is going on? We thought Jesus had sinned. That's the reason we were able to take hold of him. We thought. The Bible says if the enemy had known, 
the plan of God, they never would have crucified the Lord of glory. There was just one. But when the veil was broken too and the Holy Spirit was released upon those that would accept Jesus Christ as Lord, there was a multiplication that's never stopped. And now the Spirit of God is released through believers across this world, across this earth. And Satan doesn't have a chance. He knows his time is short now. See, in the beginning, the devil was after the tree of life. He wanted Adam to sin and come under his dictatorship. And for Adam to eat of the tree of life after he was dead on the inside and he was stayed dead. But God in his mercy and his love called for the angels of God to drive him from the garden where he couldn't come through. But also Satan couldn't come and eat of that tree of life because he was an outlaw. He was a renegade who wanted to be God. Thank you, Jesus. So we have a, a second Adam that has given us a law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, and this law frees you forever. You're free forever. Well, you've blown it, Pastor Bob. Yeah, I've blown it. But I'm free forever. <laughs> I'm in his hands. <laughs> in the New Living Translation, let me read to you uh, Romans 8, 1 through 4. He says a little different. For now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving the son as a sacrifice for our sins. He did this so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us. Sin no longer has control. I'm free from sin. I choose to walk free from sin. And you can do that while you're sinning. I'm saying, speak and declare the truth. And this truth will get in you till it will come out of your heart and one time you'll say it, and it will be full of the faith of God, and it'll come to pass. New creations are not subject to the law of sin and death. So if I can be free from sin, I can be free from sickness. That sounds a little radical, but it's, it's truth. It's the truth. We can be free from it. Now I'm going to give you a, I'm just going to throw out this T-bone steak for just a second. Romans 6, verse 10. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life 
that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead. Say dead. Dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's that counting turn, reckon, it's not just a southern turn. I reckon so. <laughs> it's a counting term. Account yourself dead to sin. Now, if you encounter yourself dead to sin, you can account yourself dead to sickness and disease. Because it's the fruit of sin. So I choose to walk in life, the divine life of God. I choose to walk free from sickness and disease. I, I choose to walk free from sin. Because he told me, to account myself dead to sin. And my life is hid in Christ. Now that kind of walking and talking will get you free from whatever sin that's captured your heart. Captured your life. Romans 8, 11, But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Another one of those verses. Did you catch that? He will give life to your mortal bodies. He's promising to give life to you if the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if you're born again, you belong to Jesus, the Spirit of God dwells in you, and he promised he gives life to your mortal body. So a good thing to say Thank you, Lord, for giving life to this mortal body. It's acting a little crazy this morning or this afternoon, but I thank you for giving life to it. The, I love the King James. It says, quicken your mortal body. A divine infusion of the life of God. Quicken. I say, Holy Spirit, quicken this body. <laughs> quicken this body, Lord. I received the promise of God. It may not look like you're quickened, but you're still saying what Jesus said and saying the truth, what the Word says. Quicken your mortal body. That's what happened to Abraham and Sarah. That's how they had a baby. When it was way past time having a baby. Amen? They started calling themselves, Hey, you father of nations and mother of nations. And first, I mean, it was probably just, hey, Abraham, you father of nations, what do you want, Sarah, or Sarah, mother of nations? What do you want? And they kept saying this, and they look at the stars at night, and, and Abraham took Sarah to the beach one day, look at the sand. And then they saw, hey, Abraham. Hey, Sarah. And things changed. Enough said. You are just as healed as you are forgiven in the eyes of God. 
so we really don't have to die sick. Exodus 15, 26 says, For I am the Lord who heals, Jehovah Rapha. And that's one of the redemptive works of God that teaches us his nature. He is the Lord who heals. His nature is healing. And this is eternal nature. He will always have this, this nature. So for healing to disappear, God would have to cease being God. Because that's his name. So healing is yours now. God treats forgiveness of our sins and the healing of our bodies as two parts of the same salvation. It's not because we're worthy, not because we can earn it, not because we deserve it. It's a free gift. Healing and forgiveness of sins, it's a free gift. Well, what if I have this sin in my life? Well, if the Lord's dealing with you, you, bear, you need to take care of it. Take care of it. But really, this is unconditional. Because it was done at the cross. So did Jesus ever minister and say, hey, I need a list of everything you've been doing wrong? Did he read him, hey, uh, healing's not for you today. I saw what you did. And you kicked the dog and you, you threw breakfast out, whatever. I saw what you did. No. But when you receive his forgiveness and you receive his healing, I tell you what, you'll find yourself being a forgiver. You'll find yourself loving people. You'll find yourself being humble before our almighty God who play it, gave us the greatest gift and it will take us all eternity to really discover all that this gift entails. The Bible says when we get to heaven, there's another whole vault of grace that's never been opened. God, you're not going to be bored in eternity. Eternity's not long enough to learn about God. He's a great God. So we're going to pray for anyone that's believing for healing tonight. And we're going to let you come down front here. If you are desiring to be prayed for, our healing team's going to come. Let's all stand up. Every time we we meet, we pray for people, we see God's healing power. So we want to invite you just to step out, come down, and say, I want prayer. Nothing's too big, nothing's too small. And you can just stand in, in front of one of these chairs, and we're going to pray for you. If no one wants prayer, everybody's healthy and home. That's fine. <laughs> so I heard God say somebody in this place has been involved in adultery. And God would say to you, 
that if you will come to him now, don't delay, that he's quick to forgive you. And you can receive what you need today. Not only that forgiveness that only he can provide, but the cleansing and the restoration of your marriage as well. So it's that's you today. I would just like to pray with you. Just close your eyes and tell God, Lord, I'm sorry. I have done this thing against you. And I have allowed the devil to ruin so many things in my life. And I'm asking you to forgive me right now. And no, I don't feel like I deserve it. But I heard what your man of God said today. And that you are quick to forgive me. And that Jesus paid that price at the cross. It belongs to me, the forgiveness, because the debt has been paid. Now repent for what I've done. And I'm asking you to forgive me. And I release forgiveness to others involved. And I release forgiveness to myself. And I receive right now your forgiveness. And I step out of that bondage of the enemy, submitting myself to you and receiving the freedom that you so freely give. Now, Father, I thank you for healing me, for setting me straight, for setting my feet on solid ground. And I would say, I don't know whether you've ever given your life to God. But now is the perfect time to say, Jesus, please come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Make my life worth living, a testimony unto you. And I just thank you, and I praise you. And I want to tell you today, salvation means sozo, S-O-Z-O. It is saved, it is healed, it is delivered, it is set free with nothing missing and nothing broken that belongs to you today. Grab a hold of it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Anyone else, we can uh, make some more room. Can we uh, clear out the second row here? And anybody else that wants to... Or front row? Okay, front row over here. And front row over here. Anybody else that wants prayer uh, for healing or really for freedom? Whatever it is. Somebody's got a headache in this place today. (laughs) And God said, come receive. Come receive. We'll break the power of that thing off of you. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277. You are Lord, I'm a sinner.